This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Truman. Pat's on a boat, and this is episode 156, Canadian Breakin'. Canadian Breakin'. Yeah, get it? Get it? I, I, I think I do. Get it? All right, good. I can't explain all of my puns. No. And, uh, yeah, Pat is on a boat. We don't know... If that boat is somewhere in the flood in New Jersey or out in the ocean, but it's somewhere. He's he's floating around. Yeah. Um. So before we get started, have to do a shout out. Um. Last week we referenced two different movies on the show, mm-hmm. and we said uh, if you recognize the reference, tweet it in, and we will give a shout out to the first person that does so. Uh, Carissa Ward got one of the two correct, and she got Strange Brew. The uh, I shit, I can't remember who's in that anymore. The Kinsey brothers, come on, man. Well, no, I met the actual actors. I met the actual actors. Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Thank you. I, I for some reason I was blanking on Moranis' name. Like I knew Dave Thomas, but I can't remember the other one. Yeah. Um. Well, that's because Rick Moranis is now retired from acting and has vanished into nothing. Well, he had to take care of his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make make Ghostbusters. Come on, G- give him credit for no, for being able to walk away and not and, and do what he has to do. I want Parenthood too, goddammit. What about like Honey I Shrank Ourselves Three or whatever? <laughs> nope, they did enough of those. He, he can move on. Um, the the other movie, by the way, which nobody wrote in about, was Slapshot. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, Paul Newman. Should, you should go see that. Yes, one one of Paul Newman's best. I, yeah. I have a feeling that most of our listeners have, have watched that movie. I mean, that just seems to be our audience. But if you haven't, my God, man, what are you waiting for? You know, I'm I'm I have to to. Go up to New Jersey next week. I'm going to put Slapshot on my computer now. There you go. And just don't put Slapshot 2. Do yourself a favor. I'm, I'm sad to say I own that. Because, oh, no. Wait, wait. In fairness to me, I didn't purchase it. It was given to me as a gift. And I hadn't watched it, so I didn't know any better. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like Caddyshack 2. No, this is worse. Oy. At least Caddyshack 2 some of the, had uh, Chevy Chase in it. I guess. So nothing but trouble. And Well, oh. that wasn't a good movie either. No. All right. Soccer, soccer talk, <laughs> soccer show. We're a soccer show, talking soccer. <laughs> All right, so New York Red Bulls took on Toronto FC in what was undoubtedly a loss. Oh, wait, no, they won. Yeah. <laughs> Just destroyed Toronto. Matt, Matt that's, Miazga's, that's pocket is, Miazga's pocket is getting full of players. <laughs> he keeps owning. <laughs> uh, who was it? Sebastian Javinko, nothing. Nothing. Uh, nothing, nothing. Michael Bradley, nothing. Josie out the door, nothing. It was just we we walked into that match with a backline that made less than three hundred thousand dollars combined this year, and we shut down. I don't know if Javinko's a DP. But we shut down at least two DPs in that game. Did Josie even touch the ball? He touched it like once. He, I think game. he had a few touches, but I they mean, were not. Wow. Good no, and I think he got pulled off at some point too, if I'm not mistaken. I think Giovinco tried to do absolutely everything in that game by himself because that might have been the only way they were going to score a goal. Seriously, he this this is probably the best play of the game. He beat Matt Miazga to the goal line, got around him, and Matt Miazga still made the tackle from behind cleanly. Yep, in the penalty area, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. unreal. And Toledo didn't fuck the game up. Yeah, that was kind of, well. Yes and no. He, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't screw the game completely up. There were there were a couple questionable yellows on either side. Well, I mean, like Lloyd Sam probably got lucky. He probably could have gotten the red, but well, like I said, he didn't screw the game up. That's all I'm saying. Not for us, at least. Well, no. But then again, Toronto. <laughs> not have wouldn't have helped Toronto, would it? No. No. Nothing could help Toronto. No, nothing at all could help Toronto in that game. Um, so let's talk about our. <coughs> likes and dislikes, and you can go first. What do you dislike about this one? I don't know. Nothing. I, I, it's getting it's getting hard to find dislikes when you when you shut out uh, teams in two straight games. W- what's the dislike? I guess the only thing I could dislike is that I wasn't there. 
Like, I wasn't actually at the game to watch this ass beating because I love watching Toronto get their butts kicked. And I love when my friend who's originally from Toronto has to text me and be miserable. That's, that's great too. So I, I, I don't know. It's very hard to find something to dislike about it. It really was one of the most complete games all year. It really was. And I, I'm sure I've said that earlier, but come on, man. Three nothing, dismantling, punking out designated players. I love it. I feel like I'm liking saying my likes already and I haven't gotten to my likes. Um, my dislike, and I'm not going to actually call it about this game in particular, is the fact that, and, and we're going to bring, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later. Actually, no, it's cool. We'll just talk about it full now. Um, so the Rebels were supposed to play this weekend, but they're not because ACDC is coming to town in New England. Yeah. Thunderstruck. <laughs> Thunderstruck. It's, it just baffles me that MLS puts out a schedule and then a month later, we're bumped for and and here here's where this gets me. It's one of two things. One, either MLS schedule came out so far in advance and they just didn't make it public, and and Robert Kraft just said "fuck you, I'm doing whatever that I want," which is completely believable. That part of the course. Or, and this is completely believable too. Uh, Robert Kraft was in negotiations for ACDC and had something secured before the schedule was made, and MLS was like "fuck you, I want to put something on the state." Well, I, I'm just going to say I can't believe ACDC is actually playing right now because one of their members had like a massive stroke and the fact that I don't, it's, he's even on touring with them. I don't know. I haven't looked up ACDC. I don't know. I, 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 we, we just kind of figured that out this week. Um, I don't know what's on it, but um, yeah. So Red Bull's game got bumped for ACDC and because of it, we get another midweek match away. Yeah. Well, you, know, you know what we should do? I, I think uh, – what the fans should do, any fan that travels up to New England for that midweek game, if the Red Bulls score, everyone should, should do that ACDC uh, guitar walk, do the guitar strut, and wear schoolboy uniforms and strut around. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that probably would be. Someone make that happen. All right. Um, so let's talk about our likes this one. What, what right. did you like the most? Uh, I'll talk about it later, too, that Mike Grell assist. Woo! Beauty. He was punking out players left and right on that one. He was shoving guys out of the way. He was giving them freaking DDTs and suplexing guys while still controlling the ball. And I don't even know how we got up to Bradley Wright Phillips in that spot. That was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, what more could you ask for to get that crowd pumped up, to get the lead early, to never give it away? You can't take the guy out of the lineup. He's, he's kind of doing a little bit of everything right now. And we never would have thought that was going to happen early on. He was scoring a goal here and there, and we were kind of bemoaning him a little bit. But, man, that guy has found a spot in this lineup. Unbelievable. Love, love, love that assist. Uh, I'm, my like is pretty much the fuck you goal to the end. And it's not because Verone scored. Well, that, I mean, that's great. But, honestly, that was off of a rebound. It's not like there was anything special aside from the fact that he was there. But... It's more the mentality of even two nothing up. This game is not complete, so let's just score another goal. Right. That that kind of instinct is something that we haven't truly had in the Red Bulls for a while. Yeah, fatality. That's what they did. <laughs> That's the second Mortal Kombat reference today I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've ruined. It. I should have. I should have made people guess that one. And also because they won three uh, zero, Pat had his prediction screwed up. Well, Pat had it wrong because he had a three two. Oh, he did. He, then he's a liar. He is a liar. I was going to call him out today. A liar. He, he's lying to us. I I was going to call him out today for that. Oh, uh, call him out right now. Call so, him out. Call Pat, your, your prediction was a three-two win. None of us on this show predicted a shutout. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I did, but I predicted one nothing. So I got screwed up in the second half. But none, neither of you or Pat predicted a shutout. No. Pat predicted three-two. So blame TFC for not doing its job and scoring some goals. <laughs> and I guess the Red Bulls for doing their job and keeping them out of the goal. <laughs> yeah, Listen, I love, I will always love being wrong on a prediction when they look that good. Um, I I would, except for like the two times, I think it was like 2013, where in like two straight games, I had the prediction in hand and Terry Henry decided to one score a goal if I'm like 25 yards out for whatever reason he felt like. And the second, because he scored on a corner kick, uh, curving the ball off the, the far post. Yeah, and I think one of those actually gave me the proper prediction. That's right. <laughs> the, I think it was the first <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Actually, I think it was both. I think, I think it was both. Probably. Probably was. 
God damn it, Terry Henry. <laughs> He's a son of a bitch. Happy birthday, by the way, TT. Belated. Oh, uh, yeah. Happy birthday. Um, so, <laughs> predictions. Uh, nobody got this completely right. Um, let's see. Uh, Truman, you had 2-1 win. Uh, I had a 1-0 win. Pat, 3-2. Not 3-0. Or 2-0 like he thought he did. Uh, Aaron Bauer, 1-0. Anthony Ali, 2-1. And everybody else had draws or losses. So, Fools! Who? Okay. I want you to tell me right now who predicted a loss against TFC, and I'm going to call them out right now on Twitter, uh, I'm going on Twitter right now, and I'm going to get it ready, and I'm going to call them out. There's only one, and it was Steve Toto. What's, what is his What is his Twitter uh, handle? I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh. I think it's S-T-O-T-8? No. S-T-O-T-O-8, I think is what it is. And if I'm right off the top of my head, I'm going to... That, that's amazing. Uh, I'm... I don't, I don't. I don't even want to edit the silence. I'm going to find him and I'm going to yell at him. Shit, I am and, right. That is him, right? Uh, he's get. He's getting the business right now. How old is he? Twelve? I don't even care. Nope. He has some kids. <laughs> he's not oh, he's kids? oh, he's a dad. All right. Well, he's a dad anyway. What's all right? How dare you predict that the Red Bulls are here right now? Edit out the silence, Jay. Edit it out. Edit it all out. Okay. So, so there's no silence there, by the way. No silence. Me yelling. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see. Um, so for the prediction standings, uh, Truman, you're still in first. You have 19 points. Yeah. Pat is in second at 16. I'm in third at 13. Aaron Bauer moves up to fourth with 12, and then we have a log jam at 11, and then some people below that. All right. Um, let's see. That's it, I think. Uh, yeah. Let me. Can I? Uh, can uh, I add one little thing in the end since we have time? Because yeah, there's no Pat. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to apologize to a certain player because uh, I was kind of punking him out earlier this year and that's kind of late. Buddy, you're doing a heck of a job back there. I apologize for calling you small and uh, not able to play on this roster because uh, you're killing it, buddy. You are killing it right now. You're feeling in great, you're playing well. You're fast. I really never thought you'd uh, get past the deuce ever again. I thought you were going to be stuck in deuce uh, purgatory. But I got to say, playing well, my bad. I'm, I'm owning up to it, Jay. My bad. There you go. And for the record, I did write a, a pro-late piece earlier on this year. So I'm, I'm apologizing to everybody. Grella, apologizing. Jade, apologizing. Hey, at least you're apologizing. I, I am. I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man, Jay. I'm a man. Yeah, look at it that way. At least you're apologizing. Yeah, I know when All I'm right. wrong. Yeah. Um, you know what's not wrong, though? Mm, Our right guest now. for tonight. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Brian Lewis, and we'll Ooh. be talking to him after this short break, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome onto the show for the first time ever... From the New York Post, he covers uh, the New York Red Bulls. You can follow him on Twitter at nypost underscore Lewis. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome uh, Brian Lewis to the show. Brian, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. We, we oh, finally oh. poached somebody off of Seeing Red. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently we are the testing ground for Seeing Red, so it's it's nice to go the other way for once. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Um, this question comes from a fan, uh, or one of our listeners, uh, Tony uh, Celentano, and his thoughts are, you know, with, with Matt Miazga being on this amazing run this year between the Red Bulls and the U.S. national team, or youth team, sorry, and being called into um, the Olympic camp, or it seems, it seems like it's called the Olympic camp, um, what are your thoughts on Matt Miazga and his future as a New York Red Bull? And the question, well... <laughs> I know, it's kind, of, it's kind of loaded, I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. What I'd say is that, listen, I, everybody knows that Matt is a talented player and everybody knows he's an impactful player. Um, I think they would like to have him for as long as he'd like to be here. Um, obviously, his ultimate goal is to play in Europe, which is not shocking. And the fact that he's got the Polish passport is going to make that easier and is going to facilitate a move quicker than somebody who doesn't. Um, but the idea is they'd want to keep him around 
uh, for as long as possible. Um, he's probably going to end up on the Olympic team, one would think, or at least on Olympic qualifying. Um, so he could stand to miss four games this year. Um, and when you look, uh, he missed four games earlier, and they lost three and tied one. <laughs> and when I asked Jesse about that earlier today, he said, that's not a coincidence. Now, no, I, you know, he didn't give any coach speak about how that's just a small sample size and you can't read anything into it. He says, no, that's, those stats are real, and I do read into it. It just shows how important he is here. Um, so I, I don't think they're oblivious to that because they're well aware of it and they're well aware of his importance. Uh, but I, as far as his future here, I, you know, my my suggestion is try to extend that future as much as you can, but enjoy it while it's here, um, because I'm not sure how long he would be here. Realistically, what would you think? Maybe one more season if he continues in this form? I think that's probably a fair assessment. Yes, and this is now again. I want to make it clear that's not out of any inside knowledge. No, no, we're just this is this is not <laughs> this is not Matt saying to me, yeah, I. You know, I, I expect to be uh, in Salzburg by the summer of 16. Uh, th- that's not where this is coming from, but I think that's a realistic expectation to think that he would, you would have one more year of it. And hopefully they'll, you know, they can enjoy that one year and have some success in that one year. As long as he doesn't go to Bolton and then somehow end up at Fulham. <laughs> I won't mention any players that might have happened to, but just saying. <laughs> well, you know, full America. <laughs> I hope they're bringing it back. I want them bringing uh, back Fulham USA. I'd love to see that. <laughs> uh, last thing on me, I was going to move off this, but um, you know, with Leipzig and uh, Salzburg, uh, Salzburg's obviously in the um, Austrian Bundesliga. Leipzig right now is in uh, Bundesliga 2 in Germany. Um, do you, what would you think would be more likely if you stayed in the Red Bull family, to go to um, Austria or to Germany? Oh, goodness, that's a... That's a tough question. Uh, my, if I had to take a wild guess, I'd say Germany. I, I, I'm not saying that it's in, it's not feasible for him to end up in Salzburg, but uh, I would think Leipzig would be more likely. And I, I also think they're, I could also see them being Bundesliga one before too long. Also, uh, I, they've, I mean, they've certainly invested, and that certainly has become a priority. So I don't think that that's a team that's going to flounder for long. I, I could easily see them moving up. Oh, spend, spend, spend. You should be able to move up. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, some some teams, I'm not going to name names, some teams spend and don't spend wisely. <laughs> some teams spend and don't get the results that they're trying to buy. Hmm. We won't, we won't, also, we won't mention names there either. We'll, we'll move <laughs> on here. Uh I I actually had a question, and one of our listeners, Peter Knox, kind of had the same thing. Uh, we're talking about uh, with Verone and with Sean Wright Phillips, two guys who, when they've been on the field, although in very small samples um, with Verone, looks pretty good, already scored a goal. How long do you keep these guys off the field out of the starting lineup? Uh, I'd say maybe zero games or maybe one game. I would expect both of them, with two games coming up in a span of four days, uh, I would expect both guys to start at least one of those games. Uh, This is something that was broached to Jesse today. uh, And his attitude or his comment was that he could certainly see that and he would expect a rotation and he would expect both of them to have gotten a start in one of those two games. He also thought Zubar would actually play a significant role in one of those two games. And said he's almost 90-minute fit. Now, we shall see, <laughs> said the blind man. We'll, we'll see if this is actually what comes to fruition, because we've heard this before. And at this point, it's almost be, become one of those 60- to 90-day things. Um, but we'll see. I, I, you know, a lot of people said with Grella... Um he would have to play himself off the field, which he certainly has not done these past few weeks. Uh, especially that assist in the Toronto game was, was just absolutely beautiful. So where, if you're going to, if you're going to bring them both in, who stays, who goes in the midfield? I don't know that it's a permanent situation when you do bring them in. I listen, I mean, let's not be silly. Obviously 
Verone came here, and the, the intent is that he's going to play a significant role. I don't think they brought him here to be a super sub. But I do think that there's going to be significant rotation from now until the end of the year. I don't think it's a situation where Grella goes to the bench and becomes persona non grata and is never seen from. Again, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think when you look at the flip side of having all these games in hand that I keep hearing about, uh, that's giving people hope that they can win the Supporters' Shield, the flip side of that is you're going to have a lot of games to play. And you're having a lot of games to play in a system that requires a lot of running. That's something that Jesse addressed today. So I would expect what's going to happen is pretty significant rotation from all of those wide players from now until the end of the playoffs. That's what I would expect. Uh, And Verona, they do see him, by the way, as a wide player. I know he has said he might be more naturally fit uh, as a central player, but when I asked Jesse about that, he thought Verone is a player that's a natural fit on the uh, wide left or wide right or at striker. Ten is not a position that they feel that he would play a lot for them. So, um, you, you know, you mentioned that the that the game's at hand and the schedule is coming up. When, when Sean Mike Phillips was brought aboard, uh, I remember there was a comment, I and, and for, I guess, a decade or day or two, fans kind of latch onto it, but uh, Sean Mike Phillips had said something about he that he had played, um, you know, left and right back before, although not not on a regular basis, um, with Chris Duvall out and late, you know, late is doing a very admirable job filling in at right back right now, considering he was kind of doing nothing up until he got called on. Um, do you think there's a possibility of uh, just using right fill or Sean I should say as a right, right back substitute to kind of spell Lade during some tough stretches? Well, I suppose anything's possible, but I would be shocked if that's what happens. I don't expect it. Um, now, I've seen this two team do enough things that surprise me that I've learned not to be surprised by anything anymore. But I don't expect to see that happening. I think they view him as a wide player. That's what they see him as. Uh, could he fill in as a pinch there? somewhere? Yeah, I, I suppose he could. But Lade has played very well. So I think they're satisfied with that and I would exp- I could see Zizzo playing but I-, I can't see Sean Wright Phillips playing there. I don't think that's liable to happen anytime soon no. This is a kind of a dumb question because I think I already know the answer but maybe fans <laughs> listeners might want to know could you see Jesse changing the formation at all uh, to accommodate different players at the same time? Uh, I, I, I would like be... a two striker type thing. I would be mildly surprised if I saw that happen. I could see lineups changing. Uh, I don't think he's going away from high pressure, and I don't think he's going away from this formation for any extended length of time. Uh, I would be surprised if that happens. I'm not saying for 10 minutes to chase a game, but I don't expect to see him change what he believes in and expect to see him change the starting formation anytime soon now. How nice is it to have a coach? And I know Pecky was kind of the same way too, but to have a coach to have his lineup, his formation and not adapt to other teams. Cause that would drive me crazy in the old days. <laughs> so you were not a fan of Juan Carlos Osorio's chameleon approach. Oh to... my God. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Well, then you probably love the fact that this team at least attempts to play the same way every game and play the same way, by the way, home or road. Absolutely. Uh, it is, it's different. It is a vast difference from what Juan Carlos believed. Juan Carlos believed that there were no teams in this league that were that good that could play the same way every game. And he believed in reacting to your opponent, whatever that opponent was. That's not what Jesse believes. Jesse believes in this is what we do, and we're going to do what we do better than what you do. And if you want to adjust us, fine. If you don't want to adjust us, fine. Don't really care either way. <laughs> we're going to do what we do. That's, that's his mindset. And he stuck with that, and he beat that into the players during training camp, and they've all bought into that. And that's what they're committed to do. And even when they had a little lull, 
uh, earlier in the season, you didn't really see a lot of cracks in that armor. You didn't hear a lot of guys panicking and saying, oh, well, we need to adjust and this and that. They basically said, well, teams have adjusted and figured out what we do. Now we have to go back and do what we do better, as opposed to saying we have to change what we do. So you should be very happy about that. I love that. I love it. So actually, that that kind of leads to the question I had. Um, you know, after that four-game uh, losing streak, the Red Bulls um, since June 24th, I think it was, are seven one and one in MLS play. Uh, I I think a lot of people don't realize the, the stretch in MLS because of you know the loss to the Union Open Cup and the two friendlies. But what is what do you think has been the key difference? Uh, in that stretch of, uh, you know, just the, the seven wins in, in the last nine games in MLS? Oh, goodness. Well, there have been, in my mind, uh, there have probably been a couple of keys. But one, I mean, they got back to doing all of the little things. They One, they used a lot of, they used, they expended a lot of energy in the beginning of the season, uh, their undefeated start. And once, that energy got expended, they had a little low. Uh, but they've gotten back to basically outworking a lot of teams, and they've gotten back to doing all of the little things. A lot of the things that, by the way, go unseen. Uh, it's not necessarily just about finishing better, although, you know, believe me, finishing well can hide a lot of, a lot of ills. But they've gotten back to doing all of the little things uh, – both defensively and offensively, that they were doing in the beginning of the year. Um, we weren't sure exactly how long it would take them to get back to that or if they were, but that's what I've seen during this stretch, and it's it's sustainable. Obviously, they're going to lose games somewhere down the road. Obviously, there will be games where they just don't finish well, um, but if they do all of those little things, then the rest is sustainable, and also it's it's probably also helped that they're flat out in better condition than a lot of teams. Uh, that's been a huge advantage. It was a concern of mine. I, I, I questioned how they would react to the summer. You're asking guys to do a lot of running, and it's hot, and you're asking them to hold up under that kind of duress. Well, <laughs> I was proven wrong. They've not only been able to hold up under it, but they've been able to wear other people out because the other teams are going through the same heat that they're going through. And they've actually managed to wear other teams out. So I, I think it's probably a combination of those things. Uh, I don't want to look past the Chicago game because we all know uh, New York's luck playing in Chicago. Uh, but whatever outcome, I, I just want to look a little bit ahead to the D.C. game. How Now, there's going to be several games after that, but how big is the result going to be for that game? Well, I mean, statistically speaking, that's a game that's going to have a huge impact on whether they can win the East or not. Uh, it actually is also going to have a huge impact in terms of supporter shield standings. Now, despite the fact that when he was directly asked about it, Jesse Morris insists that they're currently not playing for the supporter shield. His attitude is we're taking every single game. And when you start thinking grandiose, that's basically when you stumble. But that being said, yes, absolutely, for a myriad of reasons, uh, to finish first in the East, to win the Supporters' Shield, to qualify for the Champions League, for the fact that the supporters have nothing but abject and sheer hatred for D.C. United, <laughs> for any number of reasons, uh, I would say the D.C. United game is going to be huge, Absolutely. See, the good thing about being a fan or being in the media is that we can create all these scenarios that Jesse Marsh doesn't want to do. It's our job. Oh, I, yes. <laughs> I mean, he can say that we are not looking forward to such and such, but they're going to have to probably work not to hear about it from 75 different directions. Do you expect this? And I hate saying this because I've been a fan since the beginning, but uh, at Red Bull Arena on that Sunday, do you expect the fans to be as – pumped up and hot as they were against uh, the, that other team that plays in Yankee Stadium? Wow. I, you know, that's a great question. I don't know, because that was 
that was as good an atmosphere as I can remember seeing there. Uh, the Arsenal game was good. It was electric. I don't know that there was the bile for the Arsenal game. And I certainly don't know that they were into the pregame extracurriculars out in the street. So I don't <laughs> right. know. That's a good question. I, I don't know. Uh, listen, if it if it's if it's not better than that, even if it matches that, that's a heck of an atmosphere. It's just crazy that I, I think a lot of fans would never have expected for anything to outmatch uh, the DC hatred. But hey, put another team in the area. There you go. Well, you know they don't have a lot of history yet, but I do have to say, I I'm I'm convinced this is actually a rivalry, and it was very easy to you know laugh at it before the season started and poke fun at MLS trying to claim that this was a rivalry and so forth and so on. But three games in, it's I, there's actually some. Pretty clear animosity. It's an, it's an actual sincere rivalry, and obviously we don't know where their next meeting will be. I don't know when they play next year where the first game will be. I don't know if they'll meet in the playoffs, but clearly the next time the Red Bulls go to Yankee Stadium, I would think that there'll be a pretty significant amount of bile thrown at them. I would imagine. <laughs> Could be literally. It could be literal bias. Well, could be. Point. Could literally be bias. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> uh, before we do get to DC, we do have um, a game at Chicago, um, and this will be the first of two games in four days for the Red Bulls. Um, like you mentioned before, you know, Marsh could see Stronger Phillips or Verone starting at least one of these games, and of course, there's always the. Uh, the kind of bad president of Rebels not doing well in Chicago, almost like it's New England <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on going to this game? Do you think the, the Red Bulls can, um, you know, avoid looking ahead to D.C. a little bit and, and take care of business on the road? I do have to say, I think they've done a, a fairly good job of staying on point and not, and not looking too far ahead for the most part. Now, I, I, I do think they fell into that trap a little bit in the beginning of the season. Like I said, they had their long undefeated start. Uh, and then as another famous coach in this area, Bill Parcells used to warn his guys, don't take the cheese. Well, they kind of took the cheese a little bit. Um, but they got back on track. And I think for the most part, they've stayed on task. Uh, I'm not really big into predictions, so I, I'm I'm not saying necessarily that that means that they'll come out of Chicago with three points. I, I would say, I mean, everything favors them. Chicago, frankly, just has not been very good. Uh, this team is playing as well as they have all year, as well as they maybe have played in quite some time. Um, but if they if they don't get the result that they want, I'm not necessarily going to say that it's because that they look past Chicago. Uh, Chicago actually is capable of attacking. So, I mean, if they get caught in one-on-one situations, it's not like Chicago cannot attack because they can. Um, so I wouldn't go as far as to say if they don't get a result or whatever it is that it's because they look past Chicago. I wouldn't say that. All right, so I, we will not ask you for a score prediction, but I will ask for one thing. Can you give us a yes or no on whether we will see a shoe shining on the Red Bulls? <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I think you have a reasonable chance of seeing that. All right. <laughs> All right. And uh, <clears throat> one more uh, kind of silly question, and then we'll um, let you go. This one is from uh, Twitter from Mike, and he asks, what's your favorite New York Post headline. Oh, <laughs> without question, that's that's headless body and topless bar. <laughs> that, I think it's I think it's and uh, believe me, I feel uh, I feel complete empathy for the victim and the family and so forth. But that's that might be as memorable a headline as I've seen in journalism. I don't think you can top that one. <laughs> no, I, I don't think you can top that. Yes, and uh, the 
the author was a, a legend around the building. He retired, uh, well, actually, was he parted ways with the Post not that long ago, and he, he recently passed. But uh, great headline writer, uh, good newspaper man, and uh, that's probably a classic that won't be uh, that won't be top for quite some time. I would think. <laughs> no, I, I imagine not. Um, all right, so before we let you go, um, where can people follow you online and read your writing? Oh, goodness. Well, uh, we unfortunately, we don't have a blog anymore, per se. But if you just go to the New York Post's website, and you type, if you want to type in my name and do a search, for, you'll find an archive that has all of my stories archived in reverse chronological order. And if you really don't want to see all of the Yankee stories that I do and the Mets stories and the Jets and the Giants and the Knicks and so forth. Uh, if you want to do a search on either Red Bulls or soccer, you'll find them archived that way as well. If you want to weed out, you know, Big Blue and the Amazons and all of that. No, I don't. I don't want to weed out either of those. <laughs> yeah. Truman and I have different opinions on that. <laughs> Why? Well, who are you a fan of? Uh well, when I used to follow baseball, because I don't really do that anymore, I'm a Yankees fan, and uh, I'm okay. a Jets fan, so. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm i equal opportunity. I cover <laughs> both of those. What, what, I covered Yankees uh, games this week, and I was at Met games last week. What's really funny is he's a Liverpool fan. I'm an Everton fan. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah we, we just keep this party going. <laughs> How does that work? I, I uh, didn't know when I started the podcast, honestly. Yeah. So I was kind of stuck with him. Wow. Well, uh, what I do make it a point to is I pretty much tweet just about everything I write. So if you just if you are on Twitter and if any of your listeners are on Twitter, nypost underscore Lewis, and you'll find everything I write, plus just random thoughts that might have popped into my head as well. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have more Red Bull rant right after this. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Uh, we want to thank Brian Lewis for coming on the show. Uh, that was a... a, a in my opinion, one of the maybe like the top ten interviews that we've had so far on the show. Oh, oh, this year. Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going all time here. I, I thought all time, but not sure. Wow. Okay, maybe top twenty all time. How's that? We love all our guests. I'll, I'll, I'll hedge a little bit. We love all our guests. All right. So, um, except for Jimmy Cates. Nope, I didn't say that. Well, he hasn't been a guest, right? He was once. Wasn't? I thought that was a call into a live show. I don't know, but he was on the show. God damn it. What's different from being a guest? You should uh, know this shit. I'll, I'll see it. I'll see it Saturday, buddy. Saturday. Yeah. All right. So, um, we are going to talk about the Chicago match. Yes. Um, even though <coughs> the Red Bulls don't play till Wednesday, <coughs> since since there's no other match in between, we are going to give our predictions for this one. Um, Pat's calling this two nothing, and you're witness to this, Truman, because he sent this to us on our. Our little Facebook yes, chat. This is actually two nothing. This is real, guys. <laughs> and that and that one is legit. We actually made sure. Um, yes. So Truman, you can go first. What is your What do you think is going to happen on uh, Wednesday against Chicago, and what's your prediction? Well, Chicago stinks. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but they are the worst team. Oh, I thought you were talking about the town. No, I. You know, I've only been to Chicago once, and it was very nice. The town. Very pleasant. And, and then now I was there in the summertime. Winter, not so much. No thanks. Well, I don't think anybody would want to be up north in the summertime. Or the wintertime, I mean. But just, I mean, they're worse than Philly and Blue Team. And that's saying a lot because those two teams are terrible. Terrible. Philly also is a terrible place, but we've talked about that enough. But here's the thing. As we all know, this team does not do well in Chicago for some reason. Even when Chicago fire a bad, we just we're not that good. So I think we should get points. I like a 2-2 draw. I think fans will kind of be satisfied with the draw, even though it is against a god 
awful team whose fans say the same word over and over again for 90 minutes. But I will accept the draw if then that leads to an even bigger game the following Sunday. 2-2, my prediction, that's it. And I think Verone gets a start here for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine keeping Verone or Wright Phillips out of the starting from this one. Uh, I would think maybe more Wright Phillips than Verone because he has been around the team a little longer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, throwing Verona, and granted, throwing him in against DC United may not be the best idea considering how DC is, but, um, you know, throwing him into a big game might not be a bad idea. So, uh, my prediction is I think we'll probably see actually more of a reserve lineup. So I think you're going to see, like, maybe Sasha Fletcher. Well, I mean, with, because here's my reasoning. We have DC four days later. Mm -hmm. Even though we are coming off of a bye week, why not rest? Dax McCarty, who's been kind of running, like, has he been taken out of a single game all year? Dax McCarty, probably uh, not. Right? He, he was left out of one game, uh, it, the game at uh, Columbus, I believe. He did not even make the trip. I okay, believe it was well, the Columbus midweek game. Then what? I, what I mean is, um, when he has played, he's he has never been subbed off, right? Oh, oh no, no, he hasn't. So no, I mean, think I mean, of how much running really. he's done. Yeah. Uh, Matt Miazga, I would say rest him, but with Pernell out, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, although, actually, we met and Zubar might not be a terrible idea if Zubar is fit to play. Who knows? Because you need to get Zubar back into shape. As long as you don't start Zubar with the, the plan of taking him off at, like, halftime, because that's not, right. you don't do that with your center backs. Um, maybe Question could use a rest. Obviously, um, Grella could use a rest if you have Bray Phillips and, uh, Verone. Uh, Bradley Ray Phillips could take a break for Antoine Bond. I mean, there's you have options to give people rest, so why not take the chance, give them like basically two weeks off, and and be fresh for what would be a more important game in terms of uh, finishing near the top of the Eastern Conference. Now, so right, go ahead. Let me debate with you. Okay. Uh, does DC also play on that Wednesday? Uh, that's a good question. I have no idea. Let's they don't. They don't? They, okay. They don't. Because they're playing, I think, the day before in CCL action. Yes, they um, are. Okay. Okay? Yeah, let's just have to look it up. So, this would be one of the Red Bulls games in hand, correct? Yes. Yes. Why would you throw out a B lineup with the chance to get three points and create even less space? Now, let's say, I'm going to do the math here. If they win, which I didn't even predict, okay? If they win... Red Bulls would go up to 42 points. DC would have 44. Jay, what would that mean if the Red Bulls won on Sunday against DC? That DC would uh, fall below the Red Bulls in standings. There you go. Do you think Jesse Marsh is insane enough to play a B lineup against a very bad Chicago Fire team? See, I don't think it's insane to do that. It is insane. No, because here's the thing. Chicago is the worst team in the league this year. Correct. They, so are, you, they are lucky to have four, a positive goal difference at home. And now, honestly. I'm going to point something else out to you, okay? Yes, they play on Wednesday, and then they only play four days later, right? Sunday. Yeah. If you look at the schedule, they do not play again until September 11th. That is 10 days off. Huh. I did not think about that part. Aha! There's no way they will play a B team against the Fire. How about a mixed A and B team? Well, I'm telling you right. Bradley Ray Phillips is starting that game against Chicago. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. That that, that actually that kind of does make sense because why not put your best striker against the worst one of the worst teams in the league? Right now, if clearly if the Red Bulls are winning, even if it's by a goal late, I can totally see a couple guys going out and getting subbed out. Yes, because you see that all the time with short rest. But those guys are starting. There's not a question in my mind. You're bringing out the big guns. And the big guns do involve someone like Sean Wright Phillips and, and Golazo Verone. Even though he hasn't scored one yet, I'm, I still want to call him that. You're trademarking it early? Yeah, might as well. Get it in now, right before someone else takes it. Alright, so, so going along with what you're saying, I think that we're going to do better than a, a draw. I think it's going to be, let's go 2-1 victory. Uh, you know, just enough, because Chicago is going to get up for this game. Sure, of course, they always do. Because, one, we have a bugaboo about playing in Chicago, but two, uh, with all the shit going on with their supporters, I can not I can see this team trying to get up and saying, you know, we want you behind us and all that other crap. So, 
Um, I, I'm going to go 2-1, just enough for a win, but enough to be scared by a what is really a listless Chicago team that, uh, as when the results map loads, I will tell you, has won one game, uh, sorry, two games since the beginning of July. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Want to hear another crazy stat? Okay. Do you know there's only two teams in MLS with a positive road goal differential? Do you know what one of those teams are? Well, one's us. One's us, yeah. Because why else would you brought it up? Right, and, and Vancouver, you know. Two teams. So I think that bodes well. Obviously, the team is not, has not been scared to play on the road. And if it wasn't for a bad play at the end of a game, they would have had more points against Seattle. I just knocked everything off my desk, so I'm so mad. <laughs> you hear that? I'm so mad. So another piece of trivia, and mm. the answer is not Chicago, by the way, when I say this. Okay. What is the Who is the only team in MLS this year to ha- have a negative goal differential at home? Um, Chivas USA. I wish that was the answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much funnier. But no. Uh, it, you want to take a real guess? Uh, uh, well, I, I, I would, but I'm on the page right now, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. Colorado Rapids. Yeah, they're also not very good. <laughs> they're the only team worse than Chicago. What, what's funny is that they have a better road goal differential than their home. <laughs> I thought like people like playing being in Colorado, right? Uh, apparently. Rocky Mountain High and all that, huh? Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Listless at home. You think you live there and play there on a regular basis, you'd do better. But. Yeah, maybe when you have tinfoil coming to all your home games, you don't really want to you know, have like inspired to win. Oh, well, yeah, that's... Yeah, I wouldn't you know want to either. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on from this. Um, All right. So before we get to the ground, it is time for Truman's terrible team of the week. I'll tell you. You know, you you think it would have been tough to find a really a, a bad team, a bad result, and then you look at last night when Sporting KC got their heads stomped in by San Jose, and a par under or an under 500 team, San Jose Earthquakes, 5 nothing at home, 5 to nothing. San Jose went up uh, one nothing in the first three minutes and pummeled them. And the I believe it was the second goal that San Jose scored was on a penalty kick because the defender pretty much just legit pushed the, the guy down from behind, just like pushed him down. Just meh, gave him a little shove and knocked him down from behind. And clear view of everybody as the ball was getting passed into the box. That's bad. I, I that have not seen bad. a game, but wow. It, bad. Bad, bad, bad. Five, I don't remember the last time the Red Bulls lost that badly at home. Just in my recent recollection, I can remember uh, 09 against the Galaxy. It was pretty bad. But, I mean, 5 nil. And your big fortress of Kansas City, Kansas, where you haven't lost at home in forever, to get humiliated like that. that woof. Rough. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Shame on you, Sporks. On the bright side for us, mm. that means they drop below us in terms of points per game. So now we are the best team in points per game in the league. Yeah. All right, so time for the dumping ground. And I'm going to kick right. this one off. Good. With what could be a very unpopular opinion. I don't know. I, I have seen some people in support of this. Mm-hmm. So I know it's not completely, I'm not completely against the green. If you guys want to write hate mail to me, fine. I don't really care on this one. Yeah. Um, so the Red Bulls held a season ticket holder autograph session. They do two mm-hmm. of these a year, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, at least since I've been following the team, they've been doing these. So that's not a big, that, that part's unusual. Um, but so I've seen some people complain that they were not able to get enough – they were not able to get everybody's signatures. I don't know how many people were there, but there's, what, like 29 players on the team at the moment, I think? Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like – and I have not been to an autograph session, so I don't have first-hand knowledge of how it's run. But it seems like, from what I've heard, that they put like a big name and then two smaller names on a table, and they have like a bunch of these tables – around the concourse. Um, and I imagine that a good number of people are there if people can't get every single player's autograph. Um, it is 90 minutes, I think, is what I heard, which makes sense in terms of the fact that, at least under the old CBA, there was limits to public appearance time and stuff like that. So, But my, my, my thing about this is you, 
people are paying maybe six hundred dollars at most. I don't know how much the the midfield seats cost, but you know most people are paying maybe like three four hundred dollars for season tickets, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around that neighborhood. What what other sport in the New York area do you get season tickets that cheap? None. What other sport in the New York area do you get autograph sessions included in your season ticket package? None that I'm aware of. Now that's only that I'm aware of. I don't. Not that I can think of. The Giants ain't doing it. The Yankees ain't doing it. The Mets aren't doing it. And I'm not talking about going out to preseason camps. Right. Like the Giants had to shut down autographs to the preseason camps because people got went nuts over it. Right. Right. But so you know, there's these autograph sessions. There's uh like the the jersey unveiling. There's some team meet and greets and stuff. Other events like this stuff that the Red Bulls put into their season ticket package. Uh, you also get like. I think it was the Benfica friendly, uh, the US Open Cup matches were included. So all in all, the Red Bulls are the best value in terms of season tickets, right? I, I, I think I think everybody can agree to that. Yeah. And, and and probably New York City FC too. I don't know what their prices and what they do, but I imagine they're they're roughly close in terms of price. Um so with all that being said, don't complain if you can't get every single autograph. I understand that you go there and you want everybody's autograph. And trust me, if I were there, I'd want everybody's autograph too. But the team doesn't have to do an autograph session. They don't have to do any of that no. stuff. They don't have to hold the uh, the practice for season second holders. They don't. Ha- they don't have to give you the U.S. Open Cup matches that are not originally scheduled. They don't have to give you the the friendlies if they don't want to. Right, or track jackets, you know, or yeah. those little packages they send in the mail. And Listen, I understand being upset if you if you went and you expected something and you didn't get it, but in, it's not like you went to a game, an actual game, and like because of like the the lines at the the uh, concession stand that you didn't get to watch the whole match. That's a valid complaint in my book. That's something that honestly needs to be fixed. Everybody, right. but for all this extra shit that the team gives, it's you have to understand that this is a business, right? And I know, and I know some people like. Out in Dallas, they're complaining about a, a, and and for and they have semi-legitimate complaints because they're getting like uh twenty, I think it's like a twenty percent increase on season tickets plus parking fees, which will be like two hundred fifty dollars for the year. So they're they're getting kind of like shafted a little bit. But Red Bulls fans are complaining about a season ticket. Well, some people, not all. I, I have to preface that some people right, right, have claimed right. that season tickets are going to go up next year. It's the first time apparently in three years there's a price increase, and they're still going to give you, as far as I know, all this stuff that they've been giving you, plus the track jacket, which they've been marketing like hell for some reason. <laughs> um, but it's the Red Bulls are running a business. Part of that business obviously is winning games because winning games brings people into the stadium. But they're running a business. They are giving the shit away to make the season tickets look better. Like they don't have to do this to make money. Right. Would you rather pay at least five times more for season tickets to have only eight home games, possible playoffs, and you have to suck it up and pay for two preseason games where starters don't even play, and you have to pay for parking? Uh, wait, and full, price, price, and full price for the preseason right, games. Right, so. right, because that's what football fans go through. That's what all the Jets and Giants fans, and they're not guaranteed anything. They're not guaranteed a, a, a fun exhibition game, you know, where the players will play somewhat. Just so my my thing is, don't you know if if you're one of those people that are upset, I know you're going to be upset, so I'm not going to tell you not to because that's I know it's not going to fly. But <laughs> put it into perspective, the Red Bulls are running the business; they need to make some sort of money because Roan and Bradley Phillips are designated players. That money over the cap hit, they have to pay. Right. They have to pay the coaching staff. They have to pay the facilities. They own the stadium. They own their training facilities. They, the Red Bulls pay for a lot of shit. It's not like like most other teams in the league. Their salaries are completely covered by the league. They rent or they they lease stadiums. So they don't have to pay facility upkeep costs. Like they have a lot less operating expenses than the Red Bulls do. And I and, and trust me, like if I was a season ticket holder and there was a, a massive price increase, I'd be right along with you guys. But in terms of the market. The increase is not that much compared to what you were getting, and I just don't understand it. The, the, the complaining part, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. And if you can, and if you can't afford it up front or just at all, you can not buy tickets. You can just buy game day tickets and still, and it would still be cheaper, right? Than going to the NFL. Yeah, of course. So I mean, it's not like you guys. There's not like there aren't options. 
And you don't have to go to a game in, in uh, December, which is always nice. Well, you might if they do well. No, you know what I'm saying. Not the end of December. <laughs> so that's that's my little rant on that. And thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Listen, I, since we we did that's, ramble that's a little bit on that show one, because we're, everybody's <laughs> just going to firebomb us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm only going to add one little thing, and uh, I I only apologize to one person because he's one of our listeners, and that's that's Mike, who is a a, a fan of the blue team. And uh, he's a good guy. He listens to the show. He's a fun fan to to jaw at. We were just jawing at each other before we started recording this podcast. But listen, Blue fans, you guys really need to shut the fuck up with the bragging. I love, and then Jay, you know what I'm talking about because it was going on this morning too, with all these Blue fans still thinking they have any room to rip the Red Bulls in any shape or form this year. Look at the standings. Look at the results in three games. You have nowhere to talk. You couldn't even hold leads against Columbus for crying out loud. I'm sorry. You need to shut the fuck up and uh, eat a little humble pie this year and, and just own it. Own it that you suck. You know you suck. You're going to suck. You're an expansion team. That's what happens. It doesn't matter who's on your team. Frank Lampard has dysentery still. You know, he's never going to play again. That's it. He's retiring. So just just suck it up. Be men. Be women. And and come back at us next year when you got a clean slate, all right? Honestly, they they were lucky. Honestly, they were lucky. Lampard even showed up this year. Yeah, I I I love their old. uh, eh, The only reason the Red Bull Arena was sold out was because we showed up. Oh yeah, who sold out the one fucking game you guys had? Yeah, exactly. Wait, hold on. So I I have to step in a little bit here. They have other quote sellouts. Uh, full but stadium those, but sellouts? Those, but those were limited capacity sellouts. Thank you. Full stadium sellouts. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So when we came to town, we packed the house, didn't we? You know what? On this note, I have to say this. this and I probably could have mentioned this back when we played at Yankee Stadium. But if you are a New York City FC fan, you cannot use the fucking grass as an excuse for your team not doing well. No. It is terrible, though. There was, there was, a, fan, there was a fan that made a comment about the field on the one side and had an effect on the teams. I'm like, you guys play on that field. He's like, I wasn't making excuse. Then why did you fucking say it? Right. You have to expect that. I know Rich is really happy we're not, we didn't barely made fun of Philly at all. One line against Philly because we got we got other targets to make fun of. You know, you know what's funny? Their their ownership is so cheap with MLS they're going to pay a USL team. Yeah. Hey, speaking <laughs> of USL, speaking of USL, can I can I go off one more time? One go for more. It. We're, this is, we're going long, and there's only two of us. Pat's not even here. He's on a he's on a freaking boat sailing around. I don't, I don't think we're at long. Time. Actually, we might be long. All right, anyway, go ahead. I don't care. Listen, uh, some of you may have noticed that there was announcements that, uh, oh, I guess I am going to make fun of Philly. Sorry, Rich. You couldn't escape, buddy. You could not escape this week where um, they're going to have a USL team playing in Bethlehem, PA. I thought it was Lehigh which, Valley. Well, it's, they're they're more than likely going to play at Lehigh University. That would be my guess. I don't know where else they're going to play besides they're not playing at the freaking Iron Pig Stadium, uh, which is which is great. The Lehigh Valley is a, now a really great place for sports. I hope for soccer's sake. I hope the team does really well. I'll definitely go see them when they play the Deuce. Um, but listen, don't name the team Bethlehem Steel. They're not the Bethlehem Steel. They will never be the Bethlehem Steel. I'm tired of Philadelphia trying to steal Bethlehem Steel's, stealing the Steel's history. That's what I'm saying. Stealing the Steel history. Okay? You're not winning. You're not getting all those open cups onto your team. All right? That's not added to the Philadelphia Union history. All right? All those U.S. open cup wins are, are of an old team that doesn't exist anymore. Just like the New York Cosmos is a completely different team. All right? Just stop it. Just stop. If you want to name yourself after another team that played in the Lehigh Valley, call yourself the Pennsylvania Stoners. Just saying. Way funnier name. PA Stoners, look it up. It existed. So that's it. That being said, I, I mean, I, I will go, I will go see their games because it'll, it's close, 15 minutes away. You know, they'll play the Red Bulls a couple times and that'll be fun. All right. Anything else before we get nope, out of here? That's it. Let's get the, let's get the hell out of here. I got, okay. I got SummerSlam this weekend. I got NXT going on. It's a busy weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two wrestling, actually three wrestling shows at in Brooklyn yeah. by WWE, and then I believe uh, Ring of Honor is in uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn at uh, the Cyclone Stadium. They're doing Field of Honor, right? Uh, they're, yeah, they're, whatever Brooklyn Stadium's called. No, their, their event's called Field of Honor, I think. Right? Sure, that sounds fun. Why okay. not? Yeah. Anyway, all right, let's get out of here. Nope. 
our fans aren't true wrestling, aren't most of them aren't wrestling fans. Let's get out of yeah, here. Yeah, they tuned out. All right, so you can visit us at onceometro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant, patreon.com slash red bull ranch if you want to help us out on the show, red bull rant at gmail.com for any questions, comments, comments slander, hate mail, whatever you want to do. <laughs> 973-348-5329 for the same exact shit. You want to rant at me for three minutes straight? Go for it. Yeah. I, I will I will gladly play your shit on the show. Um, Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant. Uh, at Red Bull Rant. At once underscore underscore Metro. At Dr. Suge myself. At PMACDA2 for Pat, who's somewhere on a boat. We don't know where. Mm-hmm. Um, at The Truman. Subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud.com slash Red hyphen Bull hyphen Rant. Last words before we get out of here. Wouldn't it be nice, Chicago, Chicago, to win? Just do it. Come on. Win. Win for Jay. Win for, win for Pat, who's on a boat. How about just win in general? Yeah, why not? Come on. Win let's for, keep let's keep the party train going here. Win for three points. Yeah. All right. So for Truman and myself, this was episode number 156 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out.